Okay, good morning. Bishop's Rabbi Crone. So we are on Kuth Yud Beis, Ahmed Beis, after the long Mishnah on the bottom where the Gemara starts. So the Mishnah, if you recall from last week, gave all of these back and forth cases of Cheresh and Cheresh's and all of that. So the Gemara is going to start off with a series of discussions about how typically, if you, you know, when within the scope of the Gemara, you always talk about is like this group of three that kind of often is handled in the same way, where they're either exempt or don't are not involved in something. So we're going to talk now about how Cheresh or Cheresheth differs um, from Shota and Katan and where they're where they're not necessarily the same. So starting with the Gemara, Amar Rami Barchama, Maishna Cheresh v'Cheresheth. The Takina Rabana Nisuin. So we learned we've learned that by a Khairesh, by um, the, the deaf person, that there is this Rabbanan concept of marriage. So it's not a Daraisa marriage, but there's a Darabanan marriage. Um Umaishna um Shota Vishota Dlo Takina Rabana Nisuin. And by Yeshota Shota there is no rabbinic marriage available to them. The tiny weren't at a braisa. Shota Vakatan, if you have a Shota or you have a Katan, Shanasu Nashim, and they married women, Umesu, and then they died. There's no concept of Chalitza or Yibam when it comes to a Shota or when it comes to a Kata. And the reason is, is because it's not even really considered a rabbinic marriage. So why is it that way by a, by a deaf person, but it's not that way by a Shota or by a Katan? So the Gemara answers Cheresh v'Cheresheth by the deaf people, the Kaina, the Kaima Takanta the Rabban, and there's a there's a rabbinic um, edict was put in place because those types of marriages can last, because a Cheresh v'Cheresheth, um, someone is able to be married with them and live harmoniously. So for them, Takinu lahu Rabbanan Nesuin, the Rabbanan were made in Nesuin because you could have a marriage where the one of the one of the parties was a deaf person. Shota a shota, but if you have someone who's really a shota, someone who's really, you know, what the art school defines as an insane person, the Rabbanan, the Rabbanan would never make that kind of marriage because that kind of marriage is not viable. How can someone really can't be married to someone who is really, you know, considered insane? No one is going to live together with a snake in one basket, meaning no one's going to want to be married to someone like that. Therefore, the Rabbana did not make a concept of a rabbinic marriage when it comes to a, um, a shota. What about a katan? Where the Rabbana did not make a nisuin, but by a deaf person they did do a nisuin. Um, the answer is a, a deaf person um, never will ever ever come to the status of being able to be eligible for a biblical marriage because they'll be deaf forever so that uh, the Rabbanan made them this rabbinic case of a marriage but a, but a katan you know he's going to grow up he'll be you know come 13 years old and he'll be a, you know be able to be married you know as a you know, full biblical marriage so there was no need for them to establish this rabbinic marriage for them. The Harik Tana, but we've learned many times that it's a concept of the Tana, what about the girl? The girl, you know, the father is able to marry her off, the brothers are able to marry, brother and mother is able to marry them off if they are, um, if the father dies. The Asi Lechal Nesuin, they also, she's also eventually going to turn 12 and be able to get married with Takinu Rabban Nesuin, but by, by her, they made this rabbinic marriage. The reason is Hasam Shal Yin Haguba 
minhag hefker. So people wouldn't treat her um, treat her in an indignified, immoral manner. Because what? Because the concern was, and Rashi talks about this, that especially in the case where the father died and there's no one really to protect her. So the brother and the mother married her off, and that was kind of what was like a mechanism to have like something set up for her, because otherwise she'd be, you know, on her own living in a, living in a cruel world. Um, and what's the difference between a um, a katana that's able to do miyun? So we've learned for a long time that when you have the case where the brother or the mother married the girl off, when she's she's able to do miyun, she's able to at any point say up until she becomes a gadola, say you know I'm out, you know let's re- annul the marriage. But that doesn't exist by a, by a chareshes. These are both rabbinic marriages. So why shouldn't a chareshes also have the ability to say, you know what, I, I've changed my mind. The Imkain, if that was the case, turning to Kofiud Gimel on the top, me mining on no one would want to marry them because the case by a chareshes, a chareshes, that's a forever situation. So someone someone marries a chareshes or a chareshes, um, you know, they'll be married for 30, 40, 50 years, potentially. And, you know, you know, no one's going to want to do that if they know that at any given time they could say, you know what, I'm out. When it comes to Oktana, there's, you know, a few years. You know, you worry about it for a few years, you know, but eventually, you know, if, you, if you're able to keep her on the hook for until she's 12, then she's going to be married to you, you know, permanently forever. Okay, now moving on to a, another difference. Um, so Oktana is able to eat truma. Um, so normally, if a, if a katana... Um, so what happens here is the father died and the mother marries her off or the brother marries him off She's a, and she marries him to a kohen, she's able to eat truma. But you have a chareshes if she's married to a kohen. And it happens to be a case, you know. I think it's explained that it has to be a, happens to be a case where it's also similarly that it was married off by the brother or the mother when the father died. In that case, if she was a chareshes, she would not be able to eat truma. The tzna'an, we learned to the mishnah. Heid al Rabbi Yochanan Megduda chareshes siyava better chareshes when her whose father married her off when she was young. She yotza beget. It, um, she when she goes out when she goes out from the marriage she gets a get so if the father marries her off it's considered a, like a more of a, a biblical marriage but if the brother and the mother marry her off it's considered a rabbinic marriage and he also said about Tana who is a daughter and she's married to a Kohen she may eat truma um, so in that case again it's a rabbinic marriage and she's able to eat truma and it doesn't mention that the that the chareshes is able to eat truma, so we would we would say that the chareshes doesn't have truma while the katana does. Um, you're worried that maybe you have a case where you have a a, a kohen who's a chareshes will give um, truma to his wife who's also a chareshes. So in that case, um, you're concerned about that. But Velechal, but let why not? Why are we worried about this? Why are we worried about the um, the, the 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 this deaf mute Kohen and his and his wife? Because we learn katan ochel nevelosu that it's similar to a um, young person who eats nevelo, eats you know not not uh, improperly shechted meat. So if you have improperly shechted meat, um, the the bezdin isn't required to really stop them from doing that because they're not really 
you know, even though we have a concept of chinuch that we live with these days, um, you know, in reality, the the katan and these people are not really chayiv and mitzvahs yet. So it's not it's not really up the the court isn't really obligated to stop them. So the chareshes, the court isn't really obligated to stop her if she eats something she shouldn't be eating. Um, the issue is though, you might worry about a case where you have a Kohen who is a Cheresh, and what he'll do is he'll give this truma to his um, competent, for lack of a better term, wife, because she, unlike a Cheresh and unlike a minor, is responsible and should be um, held liable if she ate truma when she wasn't supposed to. So you're worried about that. So because you're worried about that, you wouldn't allow this situation. And also, in the case of a Kohen who is a deaf mute with a Pikeach, with a competent wife, maybe she should be allowed to eat Truma at least on a Durabanan level because her marriage is a Durabanan and therefore it wouldn't be, she wouldn't be Chayab Misa because it's really a, a Durabanan marriage and maybe she should be allowed on a Durabanan level to eat Truma. The answer is, maybe she'll wind up eating Truma on a Daraisa level, which he's not entitled to, and therefore be, be chayev as a result. So because of that, you avoid the whole situation. Umay Shnaktana the Isaksuba. And what's the difference between Aktana? Aktana um, gets a ksuba. Um, so in other words, typically when someone gets married, they have a you sign a ksuba, and then if there's if the husband dies or the or there's a divorce, the wife is eligible to collect the ksuba as as her, her payment. But with a chareshes, there is no ksuba. So again, these are both rabbinic marriages. But when it comes to a ktana, she would get a ksuba. When it comes to a chareshes, she would not get a ksuba. So why is there a difference? Same thing we said before, that if people um, were forced to pay off, would have to pay for marrying a chareshes, a ksuba, they wouldn't want to marry her. Um, and the Rabbana were concerned. They wanted to make sure that they had they had the possibility of getting married. Uktana minala the isaksuba. And how do we know that Tana is able to get aksuba? The Tanah we went to the Mishnah. Hamamenes vashniya vehaelunus that Uktana a minor, ashniya someone who's a shniya erva, meaning that he's not not a, not a daraisa erva, but maybe one that's like a geder, one that was set up as like a. Um, like a harchaka, such as like a grandmother, you know, we learned some of these things earlier, or an alienist or someone who we know is not able to have children. They don't have the right to get their ksuba. Aval, but yotze beget uktana. Someone who, who, but if they do get a get, um, that, and that, so what we're saying is that if she leaves, so we're talking about a, uh, um, earlier we said the Hamamenes, right? So Hamamenes is when they, when she leaves on her own volition, right? She says she doesn't want to be married anymore. Aval Yatsa but if he divorces her, Uktana, and she is a Ktana, Yeshlaksuba. So we, we learn in the case of a Ktana, if she leaves by Miyun, where she says she wants out, then she doesn't get her Ksuba. But if he divorces her, he, she does get her ksuba. So therefore, we learn from this that the ktana does get the ksuba, unlike the other two. Um, the chareshes minalan the less ksuba. And how do we know that a chareshes does not get ksuba? The tanya weren't the brisa chareshes v'shote shenasu pichos. And if you have a chareshes, um, a man who is um, a chareshes, and a shote, a man who is a shote, and they married a competent woman. Even though this Cheresh may have gotten back his 
facility, so all of a sudden he stopped being a cheresh. Shota, or the shota suddenly became unshotad. He became, you know, fully competent again. The the wives have no ksuba claim against them at all. So, um, however, um, if after these men got better, they remained with their wives, and I think Rashi explains if they then then went on and had bia, which basically reestablishes the marriage. Once they stay in the marriage, the, the women have the right to aksuba. So if, when they got competent, if they were to um, discharge these women, send them off, they wouldn't have to pay them aksuba. But if they remained married, after they became competent, they would have to pay her aksuba. Retroactive almost from the original ksuba? Right, because, well, it's not really really retroactive because she never really had, she would not have had ksuba otherwise. But when he stays married to her, once he becomes competent, then she's eligible for the ksuba. Even though though he became okay, she's she's not able to make a claim against him. But if he remains married from that point on, she's able to. Upikea, Ratzel Kaiman. Ksuba. She, she does get Ksuba. But if you have a, a competent male who marries a Chareshes or a Shota, a woman who's a Chareshes or a Shota, even if he decides to write for a Ksuba of a hundred, Ksuba Kayemis. Her Ksuba is valid. Why? We said she doesn't get Ksuba. He's doing it on his own. He decided on his own he wants to give her from his money. Taima de Ratza. Now, Taima de Ratza, the reason that she gets her ksuba is because the husband wanted to give her. Hala Ratza, but if he chose not to give it to her, Ainla, she doesn't get it. Men wouldn't want to marry them in the first place if they knew they had to give a Ihachi, if they're worried about um, the, the deaf people not being, being able to marry. What about the opposite case, about a woman not being willing to marry a, a man who's a, who's a cheresh? Maybe he should have to give her a ksuba to make her want to get married. Maybe she therefore won't want to marry him. Um, Gemara answers, you know, less, less than politically correct comment, that a woman wants to get married a lot more and therefore would be willing to go along with it unlike a man. And he knows how it was once a case of a man who was a Khairish. The Have Bishfute de Rab Malkio, he was living in Rab Malkio's neighborhood, Ansve Insa, and he married married this Khairish with the woman. The Kasla Arame Azuze Minikste. And he was like the trustee of the of the for the deaf person. And he wrote a ksuba of four hundred Zuz from the deaf deaf person's property. Amar Rava, Rava said, "My Chakim Rav Balkio, he's so smart that he did this. The Gavar Rava, he's a he's a great man, Kesavar, because he said, Either way, I would have had to hire someone to take care of this guy. I would have had to hire like a like a Shifcha, a, a slave person, to take care of him. Milo I would have had to pay it from the same money. I get two things out of it. I get someone that's to take care of it and someone that's going to marry him. So you know, he he was able to make it happen on the on the other way." So an asham tali is where you have a case of where you may have two things in front of you. One is good and one is bad. And you don't know whether you took the good or the bad. So therefore you have to bring this asham tali because you had this suffix. So maybe you want to say if you have a case of um, a, a, someone who inadvertently had relations with a, the wife of a cheresh, that because it's a Suffolk marriage, maybe he should have to bring an Asham Tali.
And shall we say that the following Mishnah follows it? There are five people who don't bring Truma. Their Truma doesn't count. These three. And someone who brings Truma that doesn't belong to him. And a non-Jew who brought Truma from the Jew stuff. Even with a Jew's um, capability. The Truma doesn't count. Um, but this doesn't really work. How, who could, who could Amar Rabbi Eliezer? Maybe it follows Rabbi Eliezer. The Tanya, Rabbi Yitzchak, Omer, Mishum, Rabbi Eliezer. He said in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. Truma's cheresh, lo teitzelechulin. The truma of a cheresh shouldn't be considered chulin. Repnesh is suffix, because it is a suffix. It's a suffix itself. Isvira k'Rabbi Eliezer, Ashem Talu na Milchave. Then maybe he should have to bring an Ashem Talu instead, because it was a suffix. Our answers and with this, we'll stop for today. Because when it comes to a Asham Talui, it's where you had a choice of A or B and you don't know if you chose the right one. But here it's a suffix on its own. So because there was no choice of A or B, it doesn't qualify for an Asham Talui. With this, we'll stop and pick up tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.